Hey there, hockey fans. We have a special episode as we are in the men's Frozen Four week. That means, at least for Locked on Kraken, we've got Maddie Beneers, our prospect, coming up. But I am joined by the amazing Jay Foster from Locked on Blue Jackets. So while we are going to talk about the Denver-Michigan matchup, pretty safe to say we'll have more things to say about Michigan. All that's coming up on this Squadcast episode. You are Locked On Kraken, your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. As always, thank you for making either Locked on Blue Jackets or Locked on Kraken your first listen of the day. I am the Locked on Kraken host, Erica Lindsay Ayala. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, I am joined by Jay Foster. Jay, it's been a while since we've done one of these crossovers. Yeah, it has. I feel like the Kraken and the Blue Jackets played each other like super early in the season. And then, so we recorded then. And then obviously (laughs) they only play each other twice a season. But uh, yeah, it is. I'm always happy to be on Lockdown Kraken. Always, always fun to, to chat. Yes, indeed. And we are going to be on the same side this time around because we're going to talk about that college hockey. We're talking about the men's Frozen Four. And the first semifinal matchup is against Denver and Michigan. So we're going to get to talk about some prospects. So how we'll break this down is we're going to talk about Denver first, how they got there, uh, that being to the Frozen Four. That will be in Boston, Massachusetts uh, at TD Center. Uh, Is that what it's called? Uh, TD Garden. There we go. <laughs> it will be at TD Garden, you know, the the, the TD building in Boston <laughs> where the Bruins play. And um, so it'll be at TD Garden. We're going to talk about Denver first, then we'll get into Michigan. And then in the final segment, we'll have a chance to really get into our uh, prospects for the Kraken and the Blue Jackets. All right. So let's start with Denver. Uh, this Denver team was able to make their way through um, by um, just some amazing offensive play. The Denver Pioneers, they won the West Regional. It's their 12th trip to an NCAA championship. And again, they will face the Wolverines. Uh, These are two number one seeds on either side of their bracket. So it's going to be a pretty good game, Uh, Jay. We've got Bobby Brink. Uh, Magnus, Corona, Ryan Barrow, like all pretty, pretty good scores for this Denver team. Um, their overall record is 29-9-1. and one. Their record on a neutral site is 2-1. and one. Um, So I think, you know, this is going to be a, a pretty good matchup for the Michigan Wolverines. What, if anything, do you know about this Denver team? Uh, so I'm not going to, I'm going to be totally honest. Denver is not, the, the Blue Jackets don't have any prospects at the University of Denver, and I can only follow so many prospects at a time. But uh, <laughs> Denver, I feel like, is one of those teams that's always kind of just sneaky good. I always forget about them, and then I'm like, oh, right, Denver. Like you say, they were, they, what, they lost 10 games all season, which is just bonkers and you know it's it's Denver's a a fun team to watch 
Um, you know, they've got some really, really good players. I personally am uh, both excited and worried about Bobby Brink. Um, mm-hmm. Because he, he is just, he's electric on the ice. He's just so much fun all the time. Yeah, I mean, looking at some of these numbers, and I'll pull these up, I'll pop these up on screen for everyone, Um, but Bobby Brink has 56 points on uh, the season, also leads the team in assists with 42 um, power play points, Bobby Brink up there, along with Savoy, Um, but I mean, is, is in that Hobie Baker conversation for good reason, and even... What I thought was really interesting, and it's like, you know, game recognized game, but um, the Michigan game preview has, I'm going to read it, like, head coach Dave Carlisle's team led by forward Bobby Brink, Hobie Baker hat trick, boasts the top scoring offense in the nation at a 4.28 goals per game to earn a share of the NCHC regular season title. Denver forward core is highlighted by Brink, who paces the nation with 42 assists. We just talked about that, 52 points, and stands a good chance of winning the Hobie. Like, you know it's good when there are multiple, you know, uh, finalists also on Michigan, and they have no choice but to give Brink some shout out, some shout out and some shine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I feel like there's like, I feel like f- there could be four to six guys on Michigan that could have had the, the fight, who could have been finalist for the Hobie Baker. So, you know, for, for them to come in and be like, yeah, no, Bobby Brink's cool as hell is, uh, if I was Bobby Brink, I would feel pretty good about myself hearing that. Yeah, indeed. And I mean, honestly, if you're the pioneers, you're feeling pretty good. They are four and one in their last five, seven and three in their last 10. Uh, they, they average about, um, you know, 37 shots per game, uh, shots against, they face about 24 shots. Uh, they score about four goals a game. Uh, they allow about two goals a game. And I think that's going to be interesting because we've seen some really high scoring affairs for Michigan. Uh, we've also seen them ring up the score and have teams kind of slowly come back in the third. So again, we're, we're going to talk about Michigan a, a little bit in the next segment, but um, I, I get from these stats that, you know, this is a Denver team that obviously can score, but I think, what's kind of hidden in those stats for them is that they also are pretty disciplined on defense. Yeah, for sure. Like, so the thing about, I feel like everyone always gets super hyped up about like NCAA stats because they are kind of inflated (laughs) as opposed to the NHL, you know? And like, I know, I think a lot about um, Aaron A. Debian, who has like a career goals against average of like quarter of a goal. Or three quarters of a goal. Her her career goals against average is like 0.75 or something stupid, you know? So I always feel like NCAA stats are kind of inflated. But still, to know that you're going into a game outscoring on average two to one. You know, if you're scoring four goals a game and and only allowing two goals a game, they're winning every game four to two, which is just, again, bonkers. You know, like the, the NCAA is inflated, but... It's yeah. not like they're going out there and playing bad teams, is the thing. No. You know, they just beat, um, oh gosh, was it University of North Dakota to? Uh, uh, it was, they beat North Dakota and the North Dakota. They had UND, not UND. Yeah. So they're a good team, you know? Yeah. So it's not like they're out here, like, curb stomping 
Division Three teams. They're out here beating good teams and beating them solidly. So uh, I think this could be this could be a bit of a shock for for Michigan. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good matchup again on either side of the bracket. They come in as the number one seed, but Denver, Denver, excuse me, ranks right behind Michigan as the number three team in the country. That's based on the USCHO poll as well as USA Today slash USA Hockey Magazine poll. Um, so we're seeing again that they're right there in the mix. Who's ahead of them? Again, Michigan right there. Um but also Minnesota State, and that's who I was thinking about who uh, defeated Notre Dame. And Notre Dame had a better record um, against Michigan in the regular season. That's what I was thinking about. So you've got Minnesota State, Michigan, Denver, Minnesota, the top four teams in the nation, according to the NCAA polls. All four of them are going to be at TD Garden. Got it right this time. <laughs> I don't know. I think we should change it to TD Arena. I like that better. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I don't you What are we picking? You know, roses? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, well, that's a little bit about Denver, the opponent of Michigan. So Jay and I are going to break down what we have seen from Michigan this season. We talked a little bit about that, but we'll dive deeper coming up next on this crossover crossover episode, excuse me, of Locked on Kraken and Locked on Blue Jackets. But right now, I want to tell you about HelloFresh, and I can speak from experience. I'm actually glad that, Jay, this is a sponsor now because as someone who travels a lot, I don't always have time to go shopping. So the great thing is that I can go on to the HelloFresh website. They have fit and wholesome recipes. They have other recipes that are for, you know, maybe you're a little bit more of a picky eater or you have certain dietary restrictions. You can customize all of that. They also give you options, though. Sometimes I don't really want to think about it. And so I love that there's a little bit of a mix and match there. And, um, you know, you uh, get these weekly uh, meals and you get to pick how many meals you want for how many people. And then all you got to do is pop everything in your fridge and make the meals that, uh, that you are, that are calling for you on that night. You can also skip meals. Like if I know I'm going to be out of town, I might skip a week of meals. That way the food doesn't go bad. Um, and so I've really loved this. So what we want to do is have our listeners go to HelloFresh.com backslash locked16. And if you use that promo code locked16, you will get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, that's HelloFresh.com backslash locked16 on 16 and use the promo code locked on 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. I hope you enjoy as much as I have. Love that. And where the game starts for us is, of course, looking at that Michigan bench. Jay from Locked on Blue Jackets. I am Erica from Locked on Kraken. And we are previewing the first semifinal of the 2022 Men's Frozen Four, which will be at TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts, and it will face the, uh, or I should say it will feature the Denver Pioneers versus the Michigan Wolverines. Jay, let me come to you first here. What have has impressed you from Michigan and um, particularly the Blue Jackets prospect on Michigan? Yeah, I think I knew, like logically, I knew that Michigan was going to be good going into this season, uh, obviously, because it's, uh, they they have, what, four of the top five first round picks, or they, they, they drafted, I believe, Prospects from the University of Michigan were drafted first, second, fourth, and fifth overall 
uh, especially with Ken Johnson, who uh, fifth overall by the Blue Jackets. Obviously, uh, Kraken prospect Matty Benares drafted second overall by the Kraken. And, uh, you know, th- that's as well. You haven't even looked at Owen Power drafted first overall. Luke Hughes drafted fourth overall. They've got guys returning last year, like um, a guy that's really impressed me this season that maybe hasn't had as much hype as those guys, uh, Thomas Bordalo, who is a uh, San Jose Sharks prospect. He has had a really, really great season. Um, there's just, I feel like everyone on Michigan is a game changer. Even, you know, you look at the guys that are seniors that don't have the NHL contracts, the guys that are, you know, coming back for their fifth year, the overages, even those guys. You know, and I think it was, um, I can't remember which game it was, but there was a game in the, like, the championship run where all of the goals were scored by, like, the bottom six or the bottom pairing defensemen, you know? And that's that's what Michigan is as a team. And I don't know if it's because, and Erica, you will, you will be able to relate to this. I don't know if it's because the Blue Jackets have been bad this season, but, like, it's so <laughs> fun to watch a winning team. <laughs> Yes, you are absolutely right. I can very much so relate to that. I think in our, uh, you know, DM group, I was like, we've been locked on Maddie Beneers for months now. Um, you know, but it's not only that, this Michigan squad, they had to be able to withstand the, um, just the, the record and the pace that they had set because not only are there a lot of prospects, NHL prospects, but there are a lot of Olympians also um, that were away. So you mentioned Owen Power, obviously Maddie Beneers, you know, and that it can impact a lineup when you have some of that leadership, some of that top talent. But to your point about some of the the, the bottom six being able to score, it's just kind of that next player up mentality, which I think has been so exciting. I think when you hear uh, what's happening around the Michigan camp, it's very exciting when you have some of those uh, prospects, as you mentioned, you know, um, you've got uh, Kent Johnson, you've got uh, obviously Maddie Beneers, but, um, you know, thinking about also uh, Luke Hughes. But I think what also is interesting is that if you talk to people in Michigan, they are always talking about their senior class and the senior class that has really been able to see this team through, get them to a place. I mean, Michigan is one of those teams in NCAA men's hockey that they have over there. They're like getting close to 40 NCAA appearances and and they have a, a really nice handful of championships as well. So there's like a pedigree, right? When you play for this type of program, that being said, things have changed. The tide has, has turned and Michigan is hoping that they can get back into the fold. And so you have to give credit to some of the seniors that you have here. Um, I think another thing that goes overlooked Maybe a la sometimes what we have seen with like, you know, the 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 Grant Fewer version of the Oilers is the goaltending. Eric Portillo has been really good as a sophomore for this Michigan team. Yeah, I forget that he's only a sophomore. Like he <laughs> he's been phenomenal this season. And, you know, Locked on Blue Jackets listeners will know goalie friendly show as a goalie. You know, I will always talk about goaltending there. The position that I always pay attention to first, if I'm watching a new team, I'm like, right, who's the goaltender? What's he like? 
Portillo is going to be providing that Buffalo figures out their whole situation of how to develop players and stuff between Portillo and Owen Power, like they could be building something special in, in Buffalo. And there's a lot of focus going on Owen Power, rightfully so, you know, watching him uh, at Michigan, watching him in the world juniors for like the two games before it got canceled, watching him at the Olympics. Like that is, that is a special player and he's not, I think, I think it's, it's very easy to be like, oh, well, he's no Conor McDavid. So clearly he's, you know, he's not a generational talent. Like he's still, rightfully so, the first overall pick. He's going to be a top player in this league. But I think credit has to go to Portillo for the way this team has played. And I think something else interesting is, especially in hockey, it's so rare for the best team to win. Mm. Because it's such a weird sport, you know, like bounces and sometimes, again, sometimes a goalie just has a game. Sometimes a forward is like, well, I'm going to score eight points just because, (laughs) Um, you know. And so going into this championship run, I was like, Michigan has all of the right pieces to be the Frozen Four champion. But it's so rare that the best team actually wins that I kind of tempered my expectations. And now that they've made it to the top four, I'm like... Is this, are they going to do the thing? Like, and I do genuinely, I, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx it, but I do, I think that they're, they're on the verge of, of doing something really special with this group of just powerhouse players. Yeah, I want to um, pull this up here. You know, we've got some stats again coming from the the game notes. And we talked about Denver. We talked about what it's looking like for that Hobie Baker race. And you look that they have the best offense in this matchup. Not only in this matchup, but they're ranked first overall. But defensively, as far as scoring at least, I think this is where Michigan can really pull ahead. You've mentioned it before. We've both talked about it, how they can get scoring from their defensemen. And I think that's going to be critical. Uh, The scoring margin, you also see they're pretty well matched here. Now, unlike some USA hockey coaches, I personally do (laughs) take stock in special teams. And if you look at these numbers, it is Michigan with the advantage, both on the power play and the penalty kill or the power kill, depending on how you feel about it. Um, so I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. That being said, we have to remember this is college hockey, just like any other college sports. Sometimes the score gets rung up because it's such a fast pace, such a quick moving game. And it lends itself to mistakes because of its pace, but also because these are young guys. And I do think Michigan can sometimes fall into that where they're so far ahead or they're kind of really in the zone, maybe for the first or second period, and then they can drift off a little bit. They can't afford to do that against Denver. No, Denver Denver will make them pay. They've kind of gotten away with it so far. I absolutely agree. There is that kind of, oh, well, we're, we, we're like, we have a four goal lead so we can just kind of chill for the third period. And like, that doesn't like that might work against some teams. It does. It's not going to work against a team like Denver. They have to, if they, I, I don't know that they will kind of go out and get a huge lead immediately because as we've mentioned, Denver is also an incredibly gifted team offensively, but if they somehow, you know, it's four, one or five, one going into the third period, then they have to, they have to keep going. They can't, 
sit on that lead because I think Denver is a team that will that will make them pay, and we've seen it almost happen before. Um, I can't, can't remember who who they were playing, but they like it was. Like it, it was. It yeah, was I mean, they had one or something, and then the yeah. game like exactly. Five, Yep, exactly. That happened twice in the regional, actually, to Michigan. I think the the Quinnipiac game, not as close, but I mean, you saw that in the regional leading up to this, a team that everyone is watching, not just because of the prospects, but because of how they've been able to play, because of the storied history. I just want to pull this up again. I couldn't remember the numbers straight off the dome, but both of these teams, over 30 NCAA tournament appearances, but like I said, Michigan, New Nearly at 40 appearances, 26 Frozen Four appearances, and nine championships, 30 conference championships. I mean, almost 100 All-Americans. And both sides have two Hobie Baker winners looking to see what they can do about that this year. So these are not I, – I, I think in the college game, the pedigree really does matter how – how often has the friend or not the franchise, how often has the program <laughs> been there and why? Because it becomes almost this championship culture that's created. And I know Maddie Beneers talked a lot about that. Everything, you know, he, he wasn't even supposed to go to Michigan. He was going to go to Harvard and that got switched up because, uh, you know, he decommitted because the Ivy leagues did not compete in that first season with COVID. And now he has a chance at, a national championship as alluring as the NHL is a lot of these guys on Michigan in particular really wanted an opportunity to get to the frozen four, but they have at least one more win to really get to where they want to be. But arguably it's two for Michigan. I think they have a chance, but I'd like to see the discipline kick in a little bit more. Yeah, hundred percent agree. And I think that that's something that's that I've been thinking about a lot is that, Specifically, Owen Power got a lot of um, criticism, I guess is is the word, for saying, for going back to Michigan, for not going straight into the NHL. He's for the not going person. to Buffalo? What? Yeah, like, and <laughs> people were like, I can't believe he's going back. He's the first first overall pick to, to do this in a million years. And I'm like, okay, but here's the thing. Do you want to play for a truly terrible Buffalo team and every game sucks and you lose all of your confidence or do you want to go and play on arguably one of the most stacked NCAA men's hockey teams in a very, very long time, you know, and it's the same for Matty Benes probably could have made the NHL probably could have made the, the Kraken like, but he decided, no, I'm going to go back to Michigan. I'm going to play on this stack team. I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn how to win. And that's something that has, We've seen before in Columbus, uh, Zach Wierenski could have gone pro a year earlier than he did, but he stayed at Michigan for that chance to, you know, be part of that winning culture. Then he came to Columbus. He st- he joined the Cleveland Monsters, the Lake Erie Monsters at the time. They ran roughshod over everyone, ended up winning the Calder Cup by, like, it was like, a sizable margin. <laughs> and then he came to Columbus, and you learn how to win playing on good teams. Yes. You know, I don't know that any of these, you know, so, so Owen Power, Buffalo, terrible. Maddie Benares, Seattle, not a great uh, 
first season. Not great. Uh, Not Luke great. Hughes, New Jersey. Looked like they were putting it together for a minute, but have kind of fallen and, off. And then did the and New Jersey thing, yeah. Kind of done the same thing. They had a really strong start to the season and have now fallen off a cliff. And I think they've lost seven in a row. You know, like, I don't blame any of those guys for being like, you know what? I'm going to... I'm going to play at Michigan and bring this Frozen Four championship home and take advantage of of this winning team, this winning culture. I think it's it's going to be a huge confidence boost. And I think we're going to see the dividends of that next season when they do make the when they do go to the NHL. I love that. I love that. And also, again, we alluded to it before, but also some of them got Olympic experience, um, you know, as well as Nate Smith, who will be in the other matchup. But, um, you know, I think that is really an, an important point that if you want these top prospects to be at their best, because they're going to teams that need them, <laughs> um, getting that th- those reps and getting that experience is critically important. You mentioned Anne Renee Debien. It's not the same on on the women's side, where you're pretty much expecting that your recruits are going to be there for four years and maybe then some if they get pulled out for the Olympics and they they continue their eligibility. It's it's becoming more prevalent, I guess, even in, in hockey to have some of these players just play a handful of seasons. Will that change with things like NIL? I mean, with NHL money, perhaps it's not, you know, NFL money. It's not NBA money. I don't know. I think though those conversations are going to be really, really interesting, but either way we get to see some prospects uh, from our respective teams, Going up in the Frozen Four Championship, as you mentioned, the men's Frozen Four in Boston, it gives us something exciting to talk about for a while. We haven't had that. I mean, you know, the Kraken tried to do a little something-something there um, after the trade deadline, which I respect. Um, but, you know, how many times can I talk about who's your goalie <laughs> before it gets before the bit gets tired? <laughs> God, too real. Too real. <laughs> So we're so thankful for some college hockey, but coming up next, we're going to speak specifically about our prospects and maybe some predictions. Um, In this case, what we think Michigan is going to have to do to win out. But right now, let me tell you about Shady Rays, an independent sunglass company that um, gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is that Shady Rays uh, has an insane protection program. I don't know about you, Jay, but I can be pretty brutal (laughs) on all of my (laughs) stuff. So so, um, you know, including that lost and broken protection for every pair, I literally was talking offline how I just misplaced a pair of uh, sunglasses. So this is crucial if you're anything like me and are just a little bit absent-minded on a regular basis. So if you go through that program, they'll send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happened, no question asked. So go give them a try. Uh, and if you don't love them, you will pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners here on the Locked On podcast, Locked On NHL Network, I should say, um, you will get to use the promo code Locked On and head to ShadyRays.com. That will give you 50% off two or more pair of polarized sunglasses. That's code locked on for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Ray sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. 
I might have to get in on that deal because I am sunglassless at the moment. <laughs> um, but also, as I'm getting ready to go to Boston, I don't know if I mentioned this, but for our Locked On uh, Blue Jackets fans, I will be in Boston covering our prospects. And so one thing that is important when you're on the road is to make sure you're not hangry. And a great way to do that is by packing up some Built Bar. Jay, I know like the puffs are here. It's a, a pro protein-infused marshmallow. Like what? What are we even talking about? Like that's that's delicious. Like the churro flavor has been one of my favorites. I don't know about you, Jay, but I also love anything chocolate. So the double chocolate protein bar is amazing for me. Um, but these, these bars, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Whereas your regular candy bar, your regular regular candy bar, you're looking at 140 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Jay, do you have a favorite Built Bar flavor? What's your flavor? Oh, man. So I, I also am a big fan of the, the Built Puffs. Uh, I really like the banana cream pie mm. flavor, but... There is a brand new flavor. The uh, brownie batter puffs have just been released into the world and I haven't tried them yet, but they sound good as hell. That sounds amazing. So I know what I'm going to do right after we stop recording. It's head to built.com. I'm going to use promo code LOCKED15. So I will get 15% off the new brownie flavor. That sounds amazing because the cookie dough flavor was out a few months ago and I really regretted not ordering another batch. So head over to built.com. Again, use that promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order of built bars. As I like to say, happy snacking. All right, folks, we're coming around the bend here. I want to remind you, though, if you want updates, especially for me at the Frozen Four or Jay after and me after uh, either a Blue Jackets or Cracking Game, make sure you're checking out Locked On Now. All your experts from around the channel, they'll give you quick hits on the games. And just like everything else on Locked On, it is uh, free and available on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. So, all right. Let's talk, of course, a little bit more about Michigan. Um, Maddie Beneers has been centering that top line for this Michigan team. He had a little bit of time out of the lineup, not just for the Olympics, but a little bit earlier on. Um, I really liked what I see from Maddie Beneers. Uh, we've talked about it before, I believe, Jay. Um, I guess it was right around the draft, but a lot of uh, comparisons between Matty Beniers and our current general manager, Ron Francis, former player. And you know what? That seems to, to fit the profile of what the Seattle Kraken want. Um, I'm really curious to see how Matty Beniers fits into the development program of the Seattle Kraken, because again, what we talked about in the last segment, he's got a really great wealth of international experience, not just with the Olympics, but through World Juniors, which will restart again, so we'll have something else to talk about, um, but also um, with Michigan. So from your perspective, though, you know, what are you most excited about when, it, when you think of the potential? Potential that this Michigan team has to make an impact on the Blue Jackets in the future. Uh, well, I mean, first of all, I got to say, I the the draft was kind of up in the air. I was so hoping that Maddie Benitez was going to fall to fifth. <laughs> like logically, I knew that he wasn't, but I was <laughs> I was hoping. I was holding out for it. Uh, I'm not upset that we ended up with Kent Johnson, uh, especially having you know seen now basically a full season of him playing. Uh, at, at Michigan and just everyone that I've talked to 
has said kind of the same thing um and it's he's he is gonna make people get up out of their seats um i was talking to uh one prospect guy uh a while ago and he basically said that the thing about ken johnson is that he thinks he's the main character in <laughs> in everyone's life which is extremely funny but also like i was like yeah that makes sense like that's how he plays he plays like he's the most important person on the ice and i know that that's kind of sacrilege in this the name on the front is more important than the name on the back kind of sport but i after so long watching the Boo Jackets kind of basically ice a bunch of interchangeable guys that don't really have personalities that are not super exciting on the ice, you know. We're kind of seeing a little bit more of that freedom now with Elvis Mosleykins, who is just such a fantastic personality. Um, Vladislav Gavrikov is kind of a more underrated guy, but he has, you know, a, a Selly that keeps getting played on gif form on the nhl twitter uh, you've seen his outfits you've seen his you know his all green creepy suit for saint patrick's day you know he has this this there's something fun about him and i think ken johnson is going to fit into that aspect of the team in terms of having players with personalities uh, and i think on top of that you know that's not even talking about his on ice effect um we drafted him as a center. I don't think he plays center in the NHL. Obviously, he's played on uh, the wing most of this season. He's actually played on Maddie Benet's wing, which like, that's that's been a, a super fun line. I have enjoyed that line immensely. Um, but he is he's just so good. Like, and I know that that's it's the worst kind of analysis. You know, I don't. Have, <laughs> super fancy words to say like it's he's just he's just an exciting player i just he's a guy that every time he's on the ice i'm like oh something cool is gonna happen watch yeah i think he compliments a player like maddie Beniers, who's kind of more of a a grinded out you know put your put your head down hard worker he's such a sweetheart oh my goodness maddie is um, you know, I, I, he's not shy. He's definitely um, a little bit more reserved as anyone would be when you first meet a stranger, probably, or should be. Um, but, you know, he's also a lot of fun. You can see he enjoys his teammates. He can open up and just be such a – you forget sometimes how young these guys are because they are on the national stage, the international stage. But Maddie Beniers is a fun guy. I feel like, uh, you know, I get reports that he's a, a fun teammate. So I think – those two on a line and just knowing how Michigan can be they play a fun free game um they can also like get in your face and be you know boastful about it a la Kent Johnson I love that I mean I I'm here for it I rather take that than randomly licking people's faces which apparently was a thing in hockey and I still don't it understand sure was I just <laughs> it I, was. we try to we try not to talk about that um, I, I will never understand that and I will never not I I anyway Moving on as I Moving head on. to Boston. Yeah, as I head to Boston. That's probably what was on my mind. But I, um, I'm really excited to, to see what Kent will be. And I'm sure that just knowing what hockey culture is, and we certainly have talked about that before, uh, I, I hope that this new era of the NHL in particular it just embraces that. You know, the Kraken have some prospects that are that, are that way too. And I just want them like, yeah, talk, talk your mess. 
young young buck and then you know go out on the ice and and see if you can hang i think that makes for exciting hockey so but all right let's get to predictions i think that this has potential to kind of either be a really tight game or a game that just gets completely just the the score balloons because there's so much offensive talent on the ice. So I think I'm going to split the difference. I'm going to say we're going to get like a, maybe like a five, three score. I'm going with Michigan. Yeah. You, you just have to like, it, it's, and this is no, like no discredit to Denver who is an, who are an amazing team who have done, had a fantastic season. I just, I feel like Michigan's going to get it done. Um, I'm going to go, because I hate myself and because hockey hates me, uh, I'm going to go 4 3 Michigan in overtime. Because th- why wouldn't it go to overtime? That feels, that feels right. But I do think that the game winning goal, I do think it's going to be a power play goal. Because, like you said earlier, those special teams, and that was something that immediately when you pulled those stats up, immediately I was like, they have an incredible power play. I think second in the. Second in the NCAA, and uh, their penalty kills no, no slouch either. So I, uh, I think Michigan's going to win on the power play with uh, in overtime. I love it. I love the chaos. I absolutely love the chaos. And this will be the appetizer, though, for Minnesota uh, versus Minnesota State. So I absolutely love that. Yeah, that matchup is going to be good too. And if you're listening over at Locked on Kraken, stay tuned because we'll have a preview with a roundtable discussion about that matchup as well. But Jay, always a pleasure to have you on. Let's see how things go. And perhaps we can have a celebratory squad cast next week if it goes the way we'd like it to. Either way, of course, we're saying go blue, go Michigan, (laughs) go prospects so we have something fun to talk about for the next (laughs) few days (laughs) it feels super sacrilegious to be like yes go blue go michigan because obviously (laughs) the blue jackets are based in columbus ohio and ohio state and michigan do not like each other to the point where um so uh just as a little kind of precursor my best friend went to osu and so i would go visit which is actually how i became a blue jackets fan and we were like hey let's go to a game seems like fun and we got attached um but i have been on osu campus during like the 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 weeks before the big ohio state michigan football game and people will go around with like electrical tape and cover up all of the m's on like the signs (laughs) and the buildings and stuff so like i've been getting super hyped for michigan and then being like I feel like this is not my exact demographic, but like, <laughs> we've had success with players from, from Michigan before. So I'm about it. Go blue. Go blue. Let's do it. Well, again, that game is going to tip off tomorrow or excuse me on Thursday. Um, what is today? Today's I have no idea. Whatever. It's going to be Thursday for sure. <laughs> it's the 7th of April. <laughs> Who knows where I am, when I am, I don't know. It will be at a 5 p.m. tip-off Eastern time for that first semifinal. And then, again, it's a Minnesota State versus Minnesota. And um, that will be also Thursday. The teams will then um, have the Friday in between, and we will have the remaining two play for all the marbles in the national championship game of the NCAA men's Frozen Four. But for Jay, 
your host of Locked on Blue Jackets. My name is Erica Ayala, your host of Locked on Kraken. And um, just enjoy, enjoy the hockey. Enjoy all the hockey that is to come. And hopefully at least one of our teams will get it done, Jay. <laughs> Eventually. I, I have faith in our horrible children. <laughs> <laughs> They're just, it's just a young teenager. That's what we say over at Locked on Kraken. They're just a teenage team. Bless their hearts. They know what they got to do, but, but They're trying their best. They're doing that. their best. They're doing their best. <laughs> so we'll squad cast again soon, but thanks so much, Jay. And a reminder that if you enjoyed this one, head over to Locked on Fantasy Hockey. I know that my personal fantasy hockey team for Black Girl Hockey Club was pretty much doomed from the start. That's why you don't do an auto-select, folks. But anyway, <laughs> I hope that you get what you need from the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Show. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone will help you become an expert in your fantasy league. And just like everything else on the Locked On Network, it is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Well, we will see you tomorrow, folks.